The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Hour two of the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. And I've always said when... There is a college football, in this case, college football head coach that strikes you as just the nicest guy and grandpa and, oh, so he's just such a warm fuzzy. I've told you, Mac Brown, he's a cold killer, man. And then the game is over and he's talking to the media or he's in a studio and whatever, and he's Mac Brown. And he's got the phrasing and he's got the, the accent and he's got everything and he's Mac Brown. Mike Brown's about as competitive as they come. Dabo Swinney? Dabo Swinney, everything that you hear about Dabo, and whether it's extremely conservative and Christian and very chest out and transparent about all of it, and I will say traditional in some of his beliefs, and that came through with paying players and mobility, et cetera. Whatever you may think about Dabo, the the public front that we have for Dabo, it it's real. Whatever it is that you may personally think of Dabo Swinney, how he propagates himself, that that is the real deal with him. So he loves family, and I would say he's probably pretty conservative, and he's Christian, and he's traditional in his beliefs about college football and the structure of it. Um, and he also has some middle finger to him, man. And I already knew that everybody who didn't, if you didn't, that was that radio call. Was it Tyler and Spartanburg? Um, and so I just can't figure where he sits right now. As far as that extra little variable of the Clemson job and my family and my kids and my wife and all of this and the Alabama job. And I went there. I don't know. Let's bring on somebody who has a little insight into that. Maybe from one Oh five, five, the roar there in Clemson. It is Brad Senkip. Brad, how are you? Chuck, I'm doing well. Hope you are, too. Uh, Dabo is an Alabama alum. He is a national championship head coach and the all-time most accomplished everything at Clemson. Um, but he also has a little middle finger to him, and I don't know how that uh, that that really plays here. Um, tell me where you think he sits as far as satisfied with where the Clemson program is if he were to leave. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I... I I don't know. I think, I think he's, in a, he's in a difficult situation just in terms of the timing of all of this. Because I yeah. think he really believes whether or not you and I think Clemson is back or Clemson is going to be back this year, 2024, or whatever you think, Davos wouldn't really believe that. I mean, he kept saying buy stock at Clemson. You know, he, they, they went five straight games to end 2023. Like, all signs pointed to him believing what he's doing. He goes out and he hires Matt Luke and Chris Rump, yeah. two guys that can coach anywhere in the country right now. So, I mean, there's a there's a different fire in him right now. And honestly, if he doesn't get the Alabama job or if it doesn't happen or if they never even contact him, 
you wonder if maybe that ignites even more of a fire in him. He feels like he's got to get back to you know to a more respected level. Uh, but there could be an opportunity with the Crimson Tide that he's never really truly had. And, and I think that Dabo Sweeney's heart is Clemson football. I think it's been Clemson football for 15 years and, and a little bit longer than that. But I think his soul is Alabama. I mean, he grew up there. He played there. He coached there. He's a Gene Stallings guy. Like he, he's just he is Alabama. He grew up idolizing Paul Bear Bryant. I, I, I just don't know though that the timing is it works out for both sides. We'll have to see how it plays out. Do you believe Dabo will be pursued by Alabama? It's tough to say. I, I don't know that he has been reached out to at this point. I can't confirm that, but. Uh, I, I don't see why he would not be someone on their list. Uh, he, he checks a lot of boxes, two-time national champion. Obviously, he's got the ties to the state. He's not a you know Sabanite, if you will, and that may be the direction they really want to go. Um, but I, I, I do think if I'm Alabama, I'm at least entertaining and seeing where he stands with it uh, because of all that he has accomplished. Look, I know that Davo's been pushed into this you know, he's anti-portal and he's anti-NIL and all that kind of stuff. But, but Chuck, you mentioned what's in him. He's an incredible competitor. And I just think he's still one of the best coaches in college football, even if people don't like necessarily, and I don't like some of the things that he's done from a directional standpoint. If there's interest, what do you think his response will be? Because Alabama apparently wants to get this thing done with bacon grease on it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think it would be a very swift decision. You don't think Davos Swinney – Davos Swinney maps out his calendar in July for the entire year, what he's going to be doing every second of every oh, day. Oh, yeah, you can ask – can I – like, you can ask Dabo in August, what are you doing November 12th at 430? And he can flip to the calendar and go, uh, we're going to be doing this. So, yeah. So you, so you think he hasn't already thought about what happens when Nick Saban goes down, what will my response be, how will I handle it? 100% he's already – I don't think he'd have to make up his mind. You know, I think he's already probably made it and would depend on what the interest level is uh, from both sides. All right. Uh, what about the difference between right now and maybe a couple of years ago? Um, do you think there's anything different in Dabo about when they when everyone had the understanding they were an elite program and, and, and the same opinion about that and uh, maybe the Alabama program was viewed as a little bit higher even than they are now? Do you think it would have been any so. different a couple of years ago? Yes, I think I think vastly different. Uh, I, I think if this happens four or five years ago, I, I think Dabo entertains it more. I think maybe there's a better chance that it that it happens from from both angles. I, I don't know. I mean, Dabo knows more about that program than most people, and certainly you and he know as well as I do. There's a whole lot more Tyler's from Spartanburg in Tuscaloosa than there are in oh, Spartanburg. <laughs> so Dabo would know exactly what he's walking into. I, I don't think there's any question about that, and he had a good relationship. When it has a good relationship with Nick Saban, and so I know he understands the landscape. I think it has changed, and, and I think the pressure of that job—not—it's not even just replacing Saban. Yeah, that, that's enormous, and no one can fill those shoes. But this is such a different era in college football than it was. And I mean, it's it's playoff or bust. If you miss playoffs two years in a row there in a 12-team expanded field, you're probably gone, and you're going to be on the outside trying to figure something else to do. Do you want to give up what you built at Clemson 
with that kind of heat, that kind of pressure, and that kind of knowledge of what's going to happen? I don't know. It's a, it's a tough question to answer. Wrapping up, Brad Sankiff, 105.5 The Roar, Yonder and Clemson. Uh, all right, I'm just going to ask you this, um, I, and it's just math. Outgoing transfers, 10. Incoming transfers, zero as of today. It's only January 11th. Um, give me your take on that because I was told it was different now. It is different now, but it doesn't look different. Here's the reason, Chuck. Davos' reluctance in previous um, windows to use the portal has come back to haunt him. Do I think he's anti-portal? No. Do I think he needs the portal? Yes. I think he wants to use the portal. Yes. I got people over there telling me that. All right. I, I know people that work on that staff that he is very receptive to the portal. The problem is he wasn't always that way. And now that he needs it, Clemson doesn't have clout built up in the portal realm. They don't have the ability to just throw the money out there yeah. like some programs do and guarantee you this, that, and the other. It's not how he operates. And so I think he's suffering from that reluctance in years past. I think he wants some guys out of the portal right now. They have made an effort to get several offensive linemen. They have fallen short of every one of those offensive linemen. Uh, something's got to change with that. Maybe it's just getting finally just getting over the hump and getting a guy, whether he's a star or not. Maybe that opens the door. But Clemson does not have a pathway, Chuck, that we see so many other universities using the portal through. I talked about this back in December, and it still stands out to me. Um, am I correct? You look at the state of South Carolina this year, that, and there's always context to it. Um, but there are a lot of years the top players in the state of South Carolina, if it's a particular position, Clemson can go out of state, get somebody better. Um if you look at the commitments in state this year, there is one kid in the top 26 committed to Clemson and signed with Clemson in state. Um, I know about numbers and six and a half million people and Will Muschamp drilled it down to all of us. Um, give me your take on in-state recruiting from high school right now. Gosh, it, it's so cyclical. I mean, it, it's like a roller coaster ride at times. I mean, some years there's, you know, uh, two handfuls of guys that can really make a huge impact. And then some years there's, you know, two or three that you really feel good about. They, what I think Dabo is trying to do is he doesn't want to continue to get out recruited in the state by Shane Beamer. And that happened a couple of times um, over the last two years. So I, I think he's trying to get back to getting, you know, more in-state guys. But there just aren't enough of them to, I think, make an impact in the recruiting rankings in this state at times. There's some guys coming up, though, in the ranks the next couple of years that I think you're, you're, you're going to see that change a little bit. But, again, it goes up and down in the state. All right, brother. I appreciate the insight. It's always it's, uh, it's always interesting to talk Clemson football, but on the day we always knew was coming. Uh, just wanted to have you on. Thank you, Brad. Yep, no problem, Chuck. Take care. All right, Brad Sankiff, 105.5. The Lord. Yes, yeah, like I said, the AP already had – did you see this? It was on ESPN, by the way. Go to ESPN.com, and I'm sure Ryan, and I know Ryan McGee wrote something about it. And Chris Lowe wrote about it and everything. Do you know what the official news story announcement is? Like, Ryan McGee, you're going to put personality in there and a personal remembrance and whatever. The official, like, just the facts, ma'am, just the straight release from ESPN, do you know who wrote it? ESPN Information Services and the Associated Press. Do you know why? Do you know why no one's name, no individual name was on that story? 
because about 15 different people have worked on it over the last 10 years. That The official announcement from the Associated Press and ESPN.com, it, it was written and then updated and updated and updated, and it was ready, so all you had to do is press send. There are times when a public figure passes. When Ronald Reagan died, guess what? The story was ready. Sometimes important enough and old enough that you have the story ready. This story was ready because Nick Saban was going to retire. He could have died. He beat COVID. He was not going to die. He may not die. He was going to stop coaching. I'm pretty sure he's going to die, Chuck. We'll update that. (laughs) I mean, he's really good. Give the man credit for a lot of things. But if he pulls that one off, I tip my hat. Uh, Other people had, like, Canada wouldn't let you out for how many weeks if you had COVID? He beat it in six hours. New Mexico, am I remembering correct? Like, New Mexico left the state to play a football game and then weren't allowed back in to New Mexico. COVID looks at Saban and is like, oh, damn. He'll probably pass at some point. You're right. I would fall on. I mean, I'm going to be at Harris tomorrow. I don't know. I'll see if there's a number. He will probably be like everyone else. But this job, we knew was going to end at some point for him. And we knew that Dabo was ring-a-ding-ding. And boy, two years ago, even even two years ago, didn't it make a whole lot more sense? Like, I will say up to kickoff of that Georgia game in Charlotte, didn't it make hand in a glove, pages in a letter that Dabo would fit in Tuscaloosa? Got a little bit of uh, breaking news just to confirm something you had already said earlier in the program, Chuck. Uh, Dan Lanning has uh, gone ahead and made it official publicly, sent out a video uh, saying that uh, he will be staying with Oregon. So uh, not specifying that, oh, you know, I was offered the job or anything of that nature. But uh, Lanning has now here uh, actually put out a video that would appear to Remove any questions saying, quote, I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. For the record, he was also at their weight workouts this morning, from what I'm told from a source at the Oregon program. So uh, the idea that that he was in Tuscaloosa last night that some people tried to propagate, uh, no. Well, it's a Thursday. You max on Thursdays, Heath. I mean, the coach has to be there, doesn't he? Uh, Absolutely. I get you swole on. So uh, Dan Lanning putting out the, uh, the video announcement. Um, and expected, but I will tell you that with Dabo, understand this is going to happen. It made so much sense just two years ago. It was perfect. And I'm going to, a current day college football Titan is about to get humbled and, and publicly, I can't tell you which, but either Dabo doesn't get offered the job or he turns it down. Either way, there is a very, very, very low-level adjustment to your status. Even for a good reason, we didn't offer you the job. Even for a good reason, your first reach-out came back cold. I'm going to ask, do you know Dan, is he rep- Dan Lanning, is he represented by Jimmy? 
That I do not know. I'll check it out. I'm going to bet my pension. He's represented by Jimmy. Um, so as much as anything, uh, Dan Lanning, if you can kind of draw a line through that name, that was kind of expected. We already talked about that, and that has come to pass, apparently. So uh, we will continue more on Chuck Hopper Show next. College football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. I guarantee you there is an answer. There has to be an answer. It just wasn't supposed to be this meandering. Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. If you have 130, I think it's 133. If you have 133 of anything, there will be a 10 best. There will be a 10 worst. There have to be. Remember Eric Anders, linebacker at Alabama? I'd mentioned back, I think it was that Texas National Championship game. I remember watching him and I think, I said, I think he's the, the quote, worst starter on Bama's defense. Because you have 11 guys. How can, he's a great player. He took over the National Championship game. And that was the point. I was making was that you could be the 11th best starter on Alabama's defense and you're good enough that you can take over a national title game. Isn't he whooping tail in the MMA now? I think he, Eric Anders is. Yeah, he's fighting as ya boy. I don't know oh, uh, how he? he's doing these days, but yeah, he goes by Eric ya boy Anders in the uh, UFC world, I believe. I did not know that. Well, ya boy lowered the boom on Texas that night. And so you have to have... There had to be an 11. He's a great player, but if you rank, if you have 11 of something, one of them will be the, quote, worst. His pro MMA record is 15 and 8 for the record. I don't want to tangle with him. He can, I will not let him pad his record with me. When I say there has to be an answer, there are 133 teams playing Division I football. I was working on my 10 best college football head coaches list. And there have to be 10 best head coaches. I wasn't supposed to be as challenged because I took Harbaugh out of the mix because I think Harbaugh is going to be out of the mix. Saban took himself out of the mix. And so you start, somebody listening right now just started in Laurel, Mississippi, you're listening. You just started off and running. Kalen DeBoer, Sark, Kirby, you're right about all of it. You know what happens? You get down to about six or seven, and then you slow down, and then you stop. And then you start looking at Eli Drinkwitz and go, no, wait a minute. I got to go. Right, did I forget anyone? And then you go to ESPN.com, and you pull up the final ranking, and you go, no, I forgot somebody. Not your top five. Top five is Pillar and Gibraltar and just is all of it. You might be thinking Jed Fish for nine or Jamie Chadwell for 10. Marcus Freeman. I, I looked at Marcus Freeman. He's a candidate, by the way, apparently. And I looked at Marcus Freeman. I was like, Marcus Freeman cannot be a top 10 head coach in college football right now. Folks, he may be. whole thing is, Chuck, that you got to decide – 
what are we given for previous accomplishments? What are we given for who's best right now? Because, like, I'll tell you this. I think Jonathan Smith's a terrific football coach, and I think he did a great job at Oregon State. Can I say definitively he's a top-ten coach right now? No. Probably not. No. Two years from now, maybe I can with what he's got at Michigan State. And you're looking State. at the Oregon State guy who's now in East Lansing and going, yeah, maybe he's eight. Yeah, but again, Jed Fish. Like, if Jed Fish keeps it up for a couple more years, oh, yeah. But right now, it's still still too new. You know, what do you do with Mike Norvell? Mike Norvell's a guy that just got FSU to an undefeated season, but before that, they're in the cheese Bowl. Before that, they weren't in a bowl at all. Has he done enough to say top 10? No, nah, not really. Like, we've got all these guys that you could see the next top 10. You mentioned Eli. He could obviously get there, too. You could see the next top 10, but you can't name the top 10 right now yeah. with, with actual defined standards. I found myself... Like sitting back and considering Marcus Freeman and Jed Fish, and I was like, that can't be right, Chuck. And what do you do with a guy like Lincoln Riley? Because a guy like Lincoln Riley has achieved great things so far at Oklahoma, taking over an established program. Now he's trying to turn a program, good first year, but then backslides in year two. Now he doesn't have Caleb Williams to be the security blanket, so... What do you do with Lincoln Riley? On pure accomplishments, he probably should be in that mix. Well, you know, what about a guy like Kyle Whittingham? Kyle Whittingham now goes to a new conference. He's been the physical, defining, pound you, make you wish you didn't have to come to work today guy in the Pac-12, but that hasn't been good enough to get them to the national highest level. Can you do that in the Big 12? Can you be that physical team? And now that you take a couple of those impediments that better programs for recruiting and things out of your way, can you get there? You know, maybe he's a guy who's a top five guy by the end of two years from now. Right now, he's probably at least a guy who should be in your top 10. And what do you do with Dabo, Chuck? We just talked about uh, with you and, and Brad Sink of Dabo. We know what the resume is, but is Dabo adapting to modern football? And there's a question there. I mean, it is, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, I have Brad Sankiff, our truest reporter for Clemson, 105.5, the Rory under up there uh, just off exit 19, and we were talking about Dabo and his place. And I said, you know, Dabo, that is a, a, a current day, right now as we breathe, college football Titans about to get a little bit, a tiny bit of a public status re-eval. Like, I am going as arm's length on this as possible because it's so low level, but it's going to happen with either Dabo or the Alabama program. Now back to Southern Sports Today. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. And the Chuck Oliver Show. Football on the Chuck Oliver Show. Nine states and 60 sticks. We turned 10 years old this year. Buy me a cake. Want to welcome on right now. Man, we've had on for years. He is the content director at yayalabama.com. That's not nothing. Aaron Suttles, welcome back, brother. How you doing today? What's going on, Chuck? 
you have a unique history covering Nick Saban. You've been there for uh, every second of it. Um, tell me your timeline yesterday. It's a story. Like I said, the Associated Press had this thing written five, ten years ago, but it's a story we all <laughs> knew was going to, you know, you were going to hit send at some point. But tell me your timeline over the last 24 hours when you found out. Yeah, so, I mean, look, uh, over the weekend, it started leaking out some rumors, but that's that's college football. Rumors leak out of all, all sorts of stuff that have no real legs to it. And then it, it, it sort of ratcheted up on Monday. I was getting some phone calls from people that I respect asking the question, not saying, not telling me anything, just asking the question. Um, and, and yesterday it, it took a step up. But throughout the morning it continued to build, and early afternoon it was building, building. And all I could tell people is, look, uh, Nick Saban was in his office working. Nick Saban was literally interviewing candidates yesterday. And um, it, it just, I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that why would you interview for a job that you're not going to be hiring? Um, and so that, that's, those, th- those statements are true, but it, it turned out to be true. And, you know, Chuck, I, I know you have a history in the state. It, it reminded me, I'm not old enough to remember uh, when Coach Bryant died. And, and how this, what the impact it had on the state of Alabama. But it, 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 to me, as I drove on 459 yesterday home to Hoover from Tuscaloosa, it felt to me like this, this is what it must have been like when Coach Bryant passed because my phone literally never stopped buzzing all from, from 4 o'clock Central Time, really through your phone call today. My phone has not stopped buzzing. And it's just sort of um, that speaks to the impact that Coach Saban has had not only on the University of Alabama, but on the state. Yeah, and, you know, it's supposed to be so silly for you to even reference uh, Coach Brian and his passing and the uh, just the impact. Uh, totally different way, but um, I was maybe, oh, uh, eighth grader or so. My whole family tree is Bama fans. And so I remember the stories and the pictures, people lining the interstate from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be a made-up story, and it just wasn't. This is a shocker. This is where in Baton Rouge and Auburn and other places they have a big party, and in Tuscaloosa everybody kind of <laughs> looks at each other and is like, what happens next? So let's talk about that. But I, everybody, what happens next? Who do they hire? What happens next with Coach Saban? You know, it's a, it's a great question. He just recently uh, con- concluded an interview with Chris Lowe. It's up at ESPN.com where he's, he's sort of in a transition period. You know, there's, there's assistant coaches that have careers on the line that, that – you know, are now up in there that we always forget about because we're so fixated on the head coach. But there's behind-the-scenes staffers that have decisions to make. You know, the transfer portal has completely uh, shifted the landscape of college football. Alabama has to worry about that now. So, you know, I think Coach Saban stays on in the interim until Alabama has a head coach, which, um, I've, you know, it's been reported that, that uh, Greg Byrne, Alabama's director of athletics, has told the players, hey, look, give us 72 hours, which tells me they, they – they anticipate on moving fast in this. Um, I, I think that's where they are. You know, one one thing it's very popular and, and people love to bring it up is no one wants to be the guy that falls saving, right? I mean, that, that's probably one of the worst jobs in the world. I, I, I would say, look, I understand that sentiment, um, and it's a really difficult job because fans at Alabama are tough to begin with, and you throw expectations of an unprecedented running college football history, it makes them even worse. But – this is not a year ago. This would have been. This is a much better job, a wor- much worse job, rather, a year ago. Now it's a job where you you can lose a couple games and still get into a twelve team playoff. That wasn't the case a year ago. So, it's not as bad. A, it's not as bad replacing Saban today as it would have been a year ago, just because of the way college football is with how quickly your rosters can change, and with now more more uh, teams in the field of the college football playoff. So, 
Um, it's a tough job regardless, though, and, and Alabama's got to make sure they get the right coach, and, and Chuck, you and I both know there was a while here in Tuscaloosa they did not get that search right, and, and that's what made getting Coach Saban and his, uh, and his success after that so sort of unprecedented. So check off a name for me. Like, because we all have the, like the five or six names, you know, call the Oliver search firm. I'll give you the names. Um, check a name off the list. Dan Lanning, check him off or Dabo or Norvell at the very least. Give me a name where you look at it and go, that's, that would be the first name I draw a line through. Lane. Uh, first, yeah. Lane Kiffin has no shot at this job. Um, and I, any list that you see that has Lane Kiffin on it, just, just put in the back of your mind that they're just making up, not making up names. They're just guessing because they don't have any inside information. Lane Kiffin has zero shot at this job. Um, and, and Lane's in a, I think in a great spot with him and Old Miss doing things in that program that they have never done before. They're working the portal like none other. There would be no reason for him to leave. And I don't think there's any, um, any desire from the people at Alabama to add him as the head coach at Alabama. Draw a name. I said, Mark went off the list. All right, now give me your betting favorite. I'm going to Harris Cherokee tomorrow. Now, I don't think that there will be a number on the board, but give me a name. If we don't have it over the next 24 hours, who would be your inside favorite? I think if I'm just, you know, reading the tea leaves and just making an educated guess with no inside information, I think Mike Norvell is is a strong possibility simply from the fact of he's a guy that the buyout's not prohibitive. Um, it's not nothing, but it's not prohibitive. I think, I think it's been reported his buyout is $4 million. He's coaching at a Power 5 school that he just won a conference championship in, went unbeaten, and got left out of the college football playoff. Um, he's, his current school is suing their conference in a conference that is not very strong and, and sort of all over the place right now in terms of leadership and looking around at the Big Ten and the SEC and saying, how do we get a, a bigger chunk of the pie? Um, and so, and, and quite frankly, Florida State doesn't have the resources of a school in the SEC, the big schools in the SEC, in terms of money-wise. So if, if you're looking for a reason why he might want to leave, that's it. Um, and, and Alabama, if you're Alabama, he's a, he's a young guy. He's proven effective in the portal, and he's developed a team. So that would be a name that wouldn't shock me. I don't know how much it would excite the fan base, but I also know that fans don't make this higher. And so um, he would be one that I, that I think Alabama's kicking the tires on. Aaron, I appreciate the insight so much, man. The last thing I want to ask you, um, and this is like, this is a weird question to even ask. Alabama's standing in college football right now. Um, which way is the program going to go? Because I, like you said a year ago, we were all looking, and even after the South Florida game, a game they won, I said, this could be a three-loss team, a four-loss team. My gosh. Um, where do you think Alabama is right now? Because they're like everybody else to the NFL and the portal and et cetera. Um, Saban was a lot more than just the coach. He was kind of the thing that really bound all that together, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's incredible. This this the way that college football has shifted. We don't value conference championships as much as we used to, especially in the SEC, which is sad to me because winning the SEC is a really big deal. But because Alabama didn't get to didn't get to win in its final game of the year in the in the college football playoff, people don't really even talk about yeah. the SEC. He won nine of those. Um, look, I, I think the difficult question to answer. I think clearly Georgia's the preeminent program in the SEC right now. Uh, what, what Kirby has done and continues to do. Um, is just tremendous. You can't give enough respect to how difficult it is to do what he's doing. Um, he learned that at Saban. I mean, any coach will tell you it's the most difficult thing to, in the world to do is to meet your own expectations year in and year out. So, I think George is there. 
I don't think Alabama's far behind now, but it's tough to answer, and I say it's tough to answer because of the way the SEC is shifting. There's no divisions anymore. And so with, with two new you know, blue blood programs coming in, um, and then Alabama's on, on top of that going to be breaking in a new coach, maybe a new staff, who knows what their roster looks like. It's impossible to see where Alabama is, although there's a reason everybody's looking at Alabama's roster today because it's loaded. Yep. And you bring in the right coach, and Alabama will, will you know, hopefully, if you're Alabama, would keep the majority of their players and attract some new talent. So it's impossible to answer until you know who that coach is. All right, two quick things, and just give me, you know, stay with it however you want. But uh, Ryan Williams, what happened? We don't talk recruiting, you and I, but just in general, he's a five-star in-state, and what do you think happens with him? I think it depends on the staff that Alabama retains. If, you know, if Tavares Robinson's still there, I think Alabama's still got a good shot. You know, as long as Alabama hires a good coach that excites Ryan. Um, but, you know, Auburn's done a tremendous job of getting in there late with Hugh Freeze and, and recruiting him, and, and so they're, they're a threat. You know, the question at Auburn is, you're Ryan, is who's going to throw you the football? And, you know, they've, tr- they've already got signed a tremendous wide receiving class. So I, I think it all depends if you're Ryan Williams, who's grown up, been all Alabama for a long time. You would think if Traveris Robinson sticks around, who's done a tremendous job recruiting him, and Alabama nails a, a, a decent not decent, a good head coach, but Alabama's, even though he is decommitted, Alabama would probably still be the favorite to land him. But it just all depends on, on who they get and how quickly they get him. Well, that's kind of the other part of it. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, Aaron. Okay, guys. Take care. All right, Aaron, so, uh, Aaron Suttles, content director. Yay, Alabama. That is the collective. It's not a weird thing anymore. You know what is a weird thing when we had a media contact and then all of a sudden he or she is working for ncstatewolfpack.com or like whatever the official university message is you see that sometimes you had a media contact and then the contact is suddenly like they work for kansascitychiefs.com they're employed by the team ingram smith was tomahawk nation he and bud go back bud ellie go back like they started the thing and he's with florida state collective now barton simmons i told you this i worked on tv with barton doing recruiting shows at Comcast. Barton works for Vanderbilt now. Yay, Alabama, it's a collective. Aaron Suttles, I mean, my gosh, journalistically, skin's on the wall, bona fides for years. And I didn't need the shot about you're older than me, Chuck. Like, why? how was that even relevant that he had to throw that in? Well, I'm not as old as you, Chuck. Now, I know the, the Bear Bryant thing, but he could have left that out. But he's been doing a long time, and they're like, yep, we want instant credibility, and we want the content, the result. We want this guy. When Bear coached his last game in the Liberty Bowl, it was like three weeks later, three and a half weeks later, he passed. And he had referenced something about that. And it wasn't because he quit coaching. If he was still the coach at Alabama, I have a feeling he may have met the same end. He lived a, um, let's say, high-stress lifestyle. And added to it was his ingestion. Um, this is a folks. Nick Saban is still ninety eight point six, and you probably will have interaction with him at least through your television. In fact, now I'm gonna take that back. Hey, find if Nick Saban's no. Find out when Nick Saban debuts on Cameo. <laughs> like you can't do that when you're the head coach at Bama, right? Wasn't it Dennis Franchione that was sending out? insider information while he was still the Aggies head coach 
Yeah, they had a whole newsletter back. Just imagine that, a newsletter, like a private newsletter. See, you can't do that when you're the coach. When you're not the coach, you're supposed to do something like that. I think the same thing here with Saban. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Ray Perkins actually has said that had he had any idea, Bear would pass so quickly and would not be there to kind of help him manage the the slings and arrows and expectations that would come with succeeding Bear if he'd known it was going to play out the way he had, he would not have chosen to take that job. And so, yeah, this is going to be a totally different deal because whoever is next, there is a, a tremendous chance that Nick Saban will be on TV every week uh, commenting in some form or other about what you're doing on game day. I mean, I, ESPN's wanted Saban for game day for, for decades, literally, plural now at this point. He even acknowledged, he talked to him about it in 2013 after that season. So, that's where he's almost certainly going to be, and you just kind of look at it and you say, yeah, that's that's a different deal than, than oh, what Perkins walked into by a lot. Absolutely. Well, you hope it is, and then what Bill Curry walked into. Because if you remember, Bill Curry told the story, and I don't know, it's now, gosh, three and a half decades later. Tuscaloosa is the only place I know where Mr. Brick has ever lived. You aware of the Mr. Brick story? Bill Curry told the – he says – at Alabama, you have to win, and not just some games. You have to beat Auburn, and you have to win the bowl game, and then you have to be national champions, or you'll get a message delivered by Mr. Brick. He had a brick thrown through his window. He had Alabama at 10-0, and ranked number two in America. They lost the first-ever Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare. It was an emotionally charged environment. I'll give you a pass. And then they lost the bowl game. Brick window. So, I don't know. I, like we said, Tyler and Spartanburg, there's a lot more of them in Alabama. Mr. Brick, I think he still lives around Tuscaloosa somewhere. I haven't seen him. Where it is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back right up next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. This is Chris. This is Chris Lowe's Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm like quadruple checking, making sure I'm not misreading something. But uh, according to Chris Lowe, Nick Saban retiring. Uh, oh my God! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! 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 <laughs> yeah! It went on. That's Matt Moscona. Radio and TV all around state of Louisiana, 104.5 in Baton Rouge. And he was on air when the news came out. And he said from Chris Lowe at ESPN, which it wasn't Chris Lowe with like three W's. It wasn't Chris Lowe with a K. It was Chris Lowe, Chris Lowe. And... I was talking, was it on air? We were having conversation about, uh, was that on air? Uh, no. Okay, we were having conversation about someone in the break, and I was like, nicest guy ever, and then he gets on TV and social media and just starts banging pots and pans together. Chris Lowe was about the most opposite of pots and pans banging together guy, as you would ever. So when he had it out, and it was his actual Twitter account and him and whatever else, 
It was easy to make the, you know, I'm going to check. No, Chris Lowe checked. Chris Lowe checked. And it was always going to, it was always going to make sense the day it was announced. Yesterday was the day that it was announced. And here's what I got. And I asked somebody, I don't, I always say I don't have sources. I have sources after the fact. This happened, and I just started tweeting folks that they know. Said, frustration boiled over, tried to hire Bo Davis. Bo wouldn't commit because of thinking Saban would retire in a year or two. And Robinson was going to leave. Plus, he was frustrated over offensive tackle recruiting. Combination of things got him frustrated today. I was told it was 50-50 about 2 o'clock hour. Now we see what's happened. Um, He was interviewing to hire people yesterday. And then after lunch was like, nah, I'm going home. Like, for good. According to at least one report, Chuck, he wrapped up an interview at 3.55, then walked into the uh, 4 o'clock meeting and, and, and laid it on his players. Saban, in his first public comments to ESPN, saying, quote, I want to be there for the players, for the coaches, anything I can do to support them during this transition. There are a lot of things to clean up to help as we move forward. I'm still going to have a presence here at the university in some form and trying to figure out all that and how it works. This is a place that will never be too far away from Miss yeah, Terry roots. and Maya's yeah. hearts. So, but but literally, just imagine you're some coach, and, and at 3.55, Saban hangs up the video call with you, and five minutes later retires. Like, what kind of psychic trauma does that do to you? Really I was thinking. so bad in that interview that Nick Saban gave up football. I mean, imagine carrying that weight around with you for however long. A couple of quick things I did want to touch on here. Uh, one is this. If you are somebody who is particularly right now Alabama fan, but it could be anybody, do not trust local TV reports about college football coaching searches. The only exception to this is if it is someone you are personally familiar with and have followed their reporting for a long time and you trust them. If you trust a guy because he's that guy, fine. But when you hear generic local TV station anywhere in America, I don't care where it is, is reporting on a coaching search, don't take that with a grain of salt. Take it with the whole shaker, the whole big Morton jar, okay? Because uh, last night you had a TV station in Eugene that the guy goes on the air and makes the claim that he's in Tuscaloosa. Dan Lanning is in Tuscaloosa right now. I've got sources in Tuscaloosa, and he's there right now. Swing and a miss. Wasn't there, was watching a Jason Bourne movie last night, apparently with his family, and was there this morning for workouts. And Chuck, you know this as well as anybody, but it bears repeating, coaches don't go to the city where the school is to interview. They meet them here in Atlanta, for example, at an airport, in a room, a suite. They meeting rooms. A suite somewhere at one of those airport hotels. That's where they do it. Or Dallas. There's plenty of places they do it. Where they do not do it is come striding right into town with the wife in tow to do some real estate shopping. Always another popular thing with coaching searches. That is not happening. It did not happen now. It will not happen tomorrow with some other coach. Alabama will bring a coach to town when he's hired. He won't come there for an interview. That's not how it works. And if anybody in local TV is telling you that, don't listen to them because they are almost always wrong. I've told this story before, Chuck, but quickly, it, it bears repeating. I had Steve Spurrier going to Auburn reported by a Montgomery TV station Then when I was working in Columbia I had to deal with that Spurrier was going to be the next coach. And so I call him up. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, wh- where are you possibly getting this information? Because 
I'm pretty well connected on Spurrier, and I'm pretty well connected here in Columbia, and I promise you, he's not about to be named Auburn's coach. Chuck, the answer was that the news director's husband had heard it from a guy at the gym, and they just decided to go ahead and put it on the air as a report. You have to be making that up. I swear I to you, I am you not. to be making that up. I was up. at the college football awards okay. show in Orlando back when they used to host that show down yeah. there, having to follow up on this nonsense because a station in Montgomery, the news director's husband at the gym heard Spurrier was going to be the next coach, and they decided to put it out there so that they'd be right and get credit for it and get the scoop if they were right. Well, I heard that is what you get with local TV reporting. Too many people involved. It turns into a disaster every time. Don't trust it. Very easy to hear rumors. Hear names. It'll excite you. Absolutely. And you go with them. All right, wraps it up on this Thursday. Uh, appreciate all the guests coming on. Obviously, very busy day and um, a, a giant, impactful, monumental hire to be announced over the next couple of days. Uh, maybe when we're on tomorrow, we will have an Alabama head coach. Uh, that'd be particularly uh, courteous of Byrne. Uh, appreciate everybody coming on today. Again, David and Heath and all the listeners. 22 hours from now, we'll be back with more college football conversation right here on Chuck Oliver Show. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.